I wonder how many of us have gone, we've gone through life in a certain in a certain way for so long that anytime something else comes up that may cause us to be uncomfortable, uh, we'll revert back to. Um, oftentimes I've, I've been given opportunity to do new things and sometimes I don't do new things because of the fear of the unknown and I don't really know what lies around the corner, if you will. So I try to stick with what I know. Um, I'm more comfortable in my own skin than I am in somebody else's. Um, now I see why David told Saul that, uh, nah, <laughs> I can't wear this armor, buddy. I can't even move in this. He was used to moving in his freedom. He wasn't used to being all bound up. But um, I was reading a little bit in First uh, Peter and once I started to understand a little bit more, it began to help me. So I want to share with you this morning. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm going to start at verse 5. and um, Y'all know how I do this, so um, I don't know if we're going to get through all of it. I'll probably break in the middle of it like I normally do, I think. There are some things I want to drive home with it. But First Peter chapter 5, starting at verse number 5. Likewise, you younger people sit, or you younger people submit. I grabbed a chair and I thought sit. <laughs> Maybe that was a subliminal. Maybe God's trying to tell me something. Sit down. Likewise, you younger people submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and, and be clothed with humility. You know what the Greek meaning to that is? Be clothed with humility. It means to be tied up with, to be tied to, to bound yourself. Y'all remember, remember the time that Jesus was washing the feet of the disciples and he said that he took off his outer garment and he girded himself with a towel. He, he tied the towel around the waist of himself so that he could present to his disciples that this is how you have to do. You, you've got to be so submitted and so committed to that which you've been called that you've got to be willing to tie yourself to humility. This isn't something that a king would do. A king, how dare a king? dress as a servant but yet not only would he dress as one but he was willing to tie himself to it and present himself to those that he led how to be a servant so when peter is talking about be clothed with humility he is he's talking about don't don't just do this every once in a while tie yourself to it walk with this Talk with this, sleep with this, hold to this, be firm in this, tie yourself to humility. For God resists the proud. He's, he, he's, telling, he's telling you why 
you should do what you're doing because he, he doesn't like the proud. He resists the proud. He, he turns away from the proud. He holds the proud off. But he gives grace to the humble. God, I need grace. How many of you know that if you ain't got God's grace, you're not going to make this. You're not going to get through this thing. It's not going to work out for you. It's going to end up bad for you if you don't have God's grace. And the only way to have God's grace is to tie yourself. Bound yourself up with humility. These aren't my words. These are Peter's. He's telling us here. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Do y'all remember the hand of God? Do you really know what comes with the hand of God? Every time that the hand of God is mentioned in the Bible, God brings protection. He brings provision. He brings help. He brings healing. The hand of God. Everything that we could possibly need in this life, and even in the life to come, lies in the hand. The Bible puts it like that it, those that are in the palm of his hand, no man can snatch us out. They can't, he can, nobody can come in there and snatch you. The enemy cannot touch you. Oh, the enemy can shake up things around you, but the enemy can't touch you. It's got to pass through the hand. Maybe I should have called this the hand of God. Now we on the right track. I just get excited sometimes. That he may exalt you in due time. Notice here with verse 6 and verse 7. This isn't two verses. See, written in the Greek, this is one verse. It says, that he may exalt you in due time, comma. Basically saying that what is next doesn't come without what's before. Oh. Casting all your care upon him. He's telling us that the only way that we're going to be able to cast our care into his hand, unto the hand of God, the only way that we can cast this care into his hand is by being humble, not prideful. Come on, church. Y'all talk back to her this morning. You're going to talk back to me. I'll make you talk back to me this morning. Casting all your care upon him. What, what is care? In your mind, when you, when you think about care, what are the cares of this world? The, the cares of this world, it, it, it basically brings you to things of distraction, anxiety. Heaviness, burden. Cast all your care, all of your care. So many times in life, we, we, man, my back's getting to feel a little bit better. Feel the help. Might throw that chair at the door. Like throwing, never mind. 
where he's talking about getting rid of your burdens. And the only, the only way that we can do this is not be so prideful of ourselves. Oh man, we, we know how to go to God in the time of help and in the time of need and go, God, I just want you to take this from me. I just want you to do this. And I, I just need your help. I need you to do And some of you, some of you get real proper in your prayer. Lord, and you get to praying like that kind of thing, like it helps or gets his attention. And, and we pray all these crazy things. And, and never once are we willing to surrender. We hold firm to the things that mean the most to us in life. And if we are not careful, God isn't one of them. Oh, we, I'm not. Oh, you, you love God when you need Him. But what when He needs you? I got stuff to do. Oh, got things and stuff to do. When God calls you, and you go, I'm busy. Somebody's name crossed your mind and you're in the middle of baking a gorgeous, delicious, <laughs> calorie-carrying cake. But we're busy. He said, casting all your cares upon him for, for he cares for you. He says, be sober. <laughs> be sober. Be, be self-controlled. Not controlled by circumstance. Not controlled by what you're fighting in life. Not controlled by what other people say. Not controlled by this or controlled by that. Be self-controlled. Dear God. God help me be self-controlled. Be vigilant. Be watchful. Always look. Y'all forgot where we was reading. This is Peter. Y'all remember Peter? Peter was caught not once, not twice, but thrice in the garden, sleeping on Jesus. Jesus said, be watchful. <laughs> and they, look, and now Peter going to tell us. See, that's how us Christians do. Well, wait a minute, you've done this just as bad. See, we won't take the wisdom from people. We won't take that they may have learned something. We, we won't understand that maybe perhaps there was a promotion in their life because there was, a, there was a time that they got caught in a fault and Jesus helped them through it and walked them through it. And in due season, because they were willing to give up their pride and they were willing to cast all, oh, come on church, they were willing to cast all of their cares. Yeah, that's right. He promoted them Amen. in due season. He, he said that he will exalt Preach. I said I want to teach. (laughs) 
Peter. <laughs> Poor Peter. But you know, you do know this too, that Peter was also the one that was obedient. Can I take you to a fishing trip? They had been fishing all night. Jesus standing on the shore. Y'all remember the trip? Professional fishermen. Fished all night long. And they ain't sound like a Billy and Tommy fishing trip. Fish all week long. Catch two fish. Huh? But here's Peter. Jesus said, hey. What are y'all doing? Ah, we're cleaning up, wrapping up. Done for the night. We fished all night long. And ain't catch a nair fish. A nair fish. None. Zero. And Jesus said, well, cast on the other side. <laughs> See? Y'all better pay attention to Peter. Peter could have boasted with pride here. We're talking about a professional fisherman. We're not talking about a Tommy and Billy. We're talking about David and, yeah, see? We, 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 talk, we talking about real fishing. We're not, we're not talking about the hobby fishermen. We're talking about the ones that do this for a living. These are professionals. They study. They know. They know what fish move where. They know how they move in groups. They know where they stay, where they migrate. They know all of this stuff about fish. And now Jesus, who is standing on the beach, not in the boat, he's standing on the beach, and he says, hey, cast your net to the other side. And, man, I can just see all the other fishermen because they just like us Christians. Somebody told you to do something different. Your pride. I better stop. I'm going to stop now because y'all will leave. Our pride swelled up. Because. Man, you ain't been on a bike for how long? How many years? Seven years. Don't be scared. You can tell it. <laughs> Ain't been on a bike in seven years. A lot has changed in seven years. A lot has changed. So much so it'll cause you to buy a Yamaha instead of a Harley. But it... It still rides. Listen, this, that's not the point. See, here, here's the point. Here's the, see, why do y'all always want to pick on him? Here's the point. Not written in seven years. I didn't know him when he rode. Don't know what he'd been through when he rode. Don't know what has happened. Don't know what he learned. And I'm talking to him about one day riding a motorcycle and I do something. He goes, well, you ought to do this. What? <laughs> what? Man, you ain't been on a bike in seven years. I ride more in one week than you have in seven years. And you're going to, come on, y'all. Are you with? Yeah. I know y'all don't do this because you're holier than thou. <laughs> 
that your Christendom has got you so far into heaven that you can't see your feet because of the clouds. I got you. I understand. But the Bible said, tie yourself up with humility. Maybe. Maybe. Man, I keep looking. Linda, Linda, I got to go here. Debbie could come to you and say, well, Linda, you ought to try. Linda been cooking for Moses back there. Been cooking for Moses. Don't you think she know what she talking? You spend less time in the kitchen, and you're going to tell her. Come on. Come on. Nurses, you, you can be just as bad, nurse. You can be just as bad. Somebody ain't never cracked open a book and go, well, maybe you ought to, come on, come, oh, come on. Look, I can go down each and every one of your driveways. All it takes is one time where we feel that we are superior to the other and your pride I thought you wanted to be exalted by the hand of God. Because if man promote you, man can demote you. Don't think he can't. Man, he'll pull the rug up and then. But if God puts you there, <laughs> see, I get to walk in confidence. I'm good with it. I'm good. I'm good with it. I ain't always right. That's why I'll take correction. I know. I, I know what Peter's talking about. Peter said, listen to me, I learned a thing or two. If you just listen, if you, if you will pay attention right here, I promise you. But Peter was the one that was obedient. The same one that got corrected sleeping... Is the same one that was obedient. Now, Peter, a little crazy, I'll give you that. That's why I like him. But he said, God, we've been fishing all night. This is just my translation. God, we've been fishing all night, and I ain't caught a single fish, and you go tell me, drop it on the other side. I just don't. I tell you what, because you said it, I'm going to throw it over there just to prove you wrong. There's a difference. He said, I'm going to drop it over here because you said so. Because Debbie told you to add just a teaspoon more flour. I got to pick, you're seasoned, not a seed, they're not as seasoned and a little tender. Box feeling good, boy. I got to get that. I'm going to fall over that thing in a minute. <laughs> See, sometimes the anxiety that we carry around in life is brought on by our own disobedience. So you have to understand what anxiety is. Amen. 
You, well, you preach that word, boy. That boy preaching. If we can understand what anxiety is, we can figure out how to combat it. Most of you don't understand anxiety. You've just heard the word, but you don't really understand it. The big problem with anxiety is if you write it down, if you can spell it on your piece of paper, I wasn't trying to pick you out. If you can spell anxiety, write it down on a piece of paper and go to the center letter and circle it. Go ahead. I, you got a pen, piece of paper? I'll wait. That was a good close in the car business. Right? Just write it down. If you write it down and circle the, word, circle the letter in the middle of that word, what is it? And you blaming it on other people. You all up in the middle of everything that you carry in. And you're so quick to blame other people. Why? Because you're holding on to pride. Uh-oh, here it come again. See, we won't let go. Man, I'm so tired of trying to live up to everybody else's expectation. I've only got one master to please. Amen. I'm a bond servant to the Lord. That's it. Not to you as much as you think I am. Pastor ain't going to do what you want to do all the time. Pastor's going to do what daddy says do. And oh well. But we carry this anxiety because we're troubled with what people might think or what people might say. Can I give you a hint? It's something that released me too. People will talk about you, brother, whether you do right or wrong. So guess what? Just do what's right and not worry about it. Because then it makes it a lot easier for you to live with yourself. If you're doing the right thing, go to sleep and lay your head down. Let them set up with all the witches and the warlocks at 2 o'clock in the morning and try to pray stuff on you. Because God has set a standard against the tongue. that. Never mind. Never mind. We're bound by our own pride. We'll just release it. We're just so unable to be humble. Man, because we, we, we got to be right all the time. It can't be my fault. It's got to be your fault. Guess what? Most cases, it's yours. Like 99.99% like the survival rate of COVID. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> if Peter wouldn't have been able to humble himself and cast his nets to the other side, where they would have fished all night and all day for nothing. But instead, he figured that being humble, yeah, maybe this is the route to take. If I just listen, man, if I can just give in for a minute, 
Maybe if I can just take the word of the Lord for a moment. I'm almost, I'm, I don't know if I really want to preach the whole thing, but we, I got another couple scriptures we need to go through. But my back feeling good. Oh. All right. Because your adversary, uh, go ahead and, where you at, Tommy? You, you got me, a, yeah, you're up there. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The Bible doesn't say that you run from this lion. The Bible doesn't say that you need to shoot this lion. The Bible don't say anything but resist. And we so quick to run. Oh, I'm going, it's all, man, this is going to be so good. Because we're so quick, man, we, we want to run from everything. Stop running, resist it. You was given power and authority in the name of Jesus. You were given power and authority. Yeah, there are some things. Sometimes it's better left undone. But I'm telling you now, if everything that comes against you and your family or any other thing with that, and you're running from it, you're wrong. You're not to run from everything. Well, this battle's not, uh, there's some battles that are yours. So, what's wrong with the church now? Church is running from a problem. The adversary is coming against the church, and we're too blind to see it, and we want to run, we want to run, we want to run. God's looking for an army. Don't get mad at me. Just listen for a minute. He said, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Don't think this is all on you. There's other people going through it too. Stop. Pity parties, man. We hang out. Tired of wearing everybody else's clothes. Get over it. Move on with life. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some, but get up for the love of John. That's what it's supposed to be like. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory, be by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, A bunch of weak need Christians. Bunch of oh. Yeah, you're gonna suffer, you a Christian. Deal with it. Jesus dealt with it. All the way to the cross, he dealt with it. Who excluded you? Jesus didn't come down and say, I, the Lord, knight thee, you'll never face problem. I ain't found that yet. Please, somebody show me in Scripture. Every time I read it, man, he says, why are you acting like you've been fooled? 
I told you that you was going to face tribulation. In this world, you are going to face tribulation. But fear not, for I've overcome the world. What does that mean? Again, it takes me right back to Peter. Peter says, cast all my cares. But after you've suffered a little while, <laughs> he's going to perfect a step. Oh, I love that word, establishment. Strengthen and settle you. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Boy, it was good scripture. Let's go to Numbers. See, because this all ties together. I'm just, what I want you to understand this morning is there are times in our life, if we aren't careful, we can be fooled by some things that we hold to that we should be letting go of, even though they have gotten us this far. You with me? I'm not saying that all the gospel that was ever preached up to this point was bad. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm just saying, hey, <laughs> the Bible even says that we're to build upon If we constantly retract and we stay in the elementary teachings of the Bible, what are the chances that we'll ever get to taste the steak off of the grill? I don't know about you, but I'm a meat eater, baby. I love meat. And everything else that comes with it. Everything on the sides. All of it. I like it. I like it. Numbers chapter 20, verse 6. Let me read through 11, then we'll, I promise I won't stop you in the middle of this, okay? I just want to get through this. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly. Okay, I lied already. All right, this is, well, I've got to give you the backstory. If I don't give you the backstory, then I'm pulling something out of context. I don't want to pull it out of context because I want you to understand. Here we are again. This is not the first time that Moses has found himself in the midst of, of a crowd that was angry, hostile, bitter, broken, rebellious. I'm, I'm talking about the church. Y'all hearing that, right? Man, they just sound like a church. Oh, poor Moses. Everybody said the church was when Peter, no, Moses was the first pastor. Poor guy, and he got, man, that boy got broke off quick. I mean, a million people. Hey, Moses, man, I'm just checking out my sheep. Now, you could go, what, a million? Thank God for his father-in-law. So he, all right, okay. So here we are. And once again, they've come against Moses, the leader. How soon or how quick the church will forget where the pastor has brought them to thus far. Tiptoe, I ain't tiptoe nothing. I'm going to kick a rocks, the stone. No matter, I ain't tiptoeing nothing. How, how quick, how quick. Man, they forgot that they were just in bondage. Not long ago, you were building bricks. Now you're eating manna that you don't even have to pay for. You ain't even having to work for. He said, here's some manna. 
eat. Eat all you will. Just don't hold them. Just everybody was full. Anybody ever went to their mom's house for Thanksgiving or Christmas? And you sit there and you just keep eating and eating and eating and eating. And you can't even push away from a table? That, I mean, that, look, that's how they were doing, but they needed the energy, man. Moses had them running through the desert. But it, they come upon a place again, it's dry land, no water. You brought us out here to die. That's what you've done. This is where you're going to, this is, this is where you was bringing me. Remember, this ain't the first time. I'm pretty sure Moses, he said, boy, thank goodness I know God personally. I'm going to leave you alone. I ain't going to throat punch you. I'm going to just leave you alone. And I'm going to go over here. I'm going to go talk to God for a minute. But right now, the best thing you can do is sit over and mind your own bed. Leave me alone. Just leave me alone. Aaron, let's go. Because Aaron was the priest. He was, right? Hey, Aaron, come on. We, we, we got to call God down from heaven. And the Bible said that they went to the tent to the doorway, and they fell on their face. And they asked for God. And the Bible said that God showed up. And he spoke to Moses. Oh, he could have been prideful. Come on, y'all, he could have stopped over here. And he could have just said, okay, you know what, I'm done with it. Y'all want it? Bring it. He took his coat off, you know. All right, let's see how big boy you are. Come on over and get you a little bit. You might take me out, but you're going to know I was there. Come on. Right? But he said, no. I know where my help comes from. So they go back and they pray for God. Pray to God. God comes down, shows up, begins to talk to Moses to tell him what to do. Okay? Caught up with me on the story. Now let's go. So Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tabernacle of meeting and they fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, take the rod. If you highlight or underline, just do that because I'm a, these are the things that I'm going to pick out of here and we're going to finish this thing up. He said, take the rod. You and your brother Aaron gather the congregation together. Speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. Grab the rod. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will yield its water. Thus, you shall bring water for them out of the rock and give drink to the congregation and their animals. So Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he commanded him. Take the rod, go speak. He took the rod. 
And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, Hear now, you rebels, you God-forsaken stiff-necked vipers, <laughs> you bunch of heathens. Well, I can see it now. Can't you just imagine the conversation that Moses wanted to have? Moses wanted God to feel as bad as Moses felt. God, why do you keep bringing me with these people? I should have never got in the way. I should have let you swallow them up. Boy, how they forgot that part. Boy, it's amazing how you'll bite the hand that feeds you sometimes. That's why the Bible says you better be careful, man. It, it doesn't profit you to be talking about those appointed. Never mind. I'm, I'm trying to help you. That's all I'm trying to do. Must we bring water for you out of this rock? Then Moses, if you're writing in your Bible, then Moses lifted his hand and struck the rock twice with the rod and water came out abundantly and the congregation and their animals drank I wonder how many of us in our time that we've <laughs> round the mountain, round the mountain. <laughs> and we too react out of anxiety. No, we react out of anxiety. Come on, none of y'all said nothing bad to your husband or your wife. Don't lie. It's not a good time lying, church. The Bible says we're two or three are gathered, the Lord's in the presence. You don't want to lie while the Lord's here. You, you already know. You already know. Ananias and Sapphira. You already know. Don't lie before the Lord. You ever say something, man? Maybe not right there at the moment because it was a little heated. But maybe it was a few hours later. Maybe a couple days if you're really hard-hearted. And you went, man, probably shouldn't have said that. Probably shouldn't have done that. It's not going to make for a very good meal tomorrow night. I can see that coming. <laughs> hey, baby, you want me to stop by Chick-fil-A? <laughs> it ain't because you're trying to take care of her. It's just because you're trying to get something to eat. <laughs> But I'll bring you something by. I'm already there. I shouldn't have done that. But you've been walking and walking and walking, and anxiety just builds and builds and builds. And because you're not understanding enough to realize that if you would just be humble, just but for a moment, and cast your cares. To the one that cares for you, you react. Makes for a bad day. Oh, I know. 
Ain't nobody exempt. If you walking up in here, ain't nobody exempt. I'm not even <laughs> exempt. Jesus. I just, sometimes I need to anoint myself five or 12 times a day. But because of the anxiety that we carry, we react in a fashion unfavorable to our condition. Remember, this isn't the first time Moses then fell up into this. Moses has been here several, quite often. Quite often. And it's in these moments that uh, we can miss what God is trying to do in us. Because we react out of how we feel and not what we heard. God tell you to do it. But you've done it differently because you felt this way. Come on. I'm listen. I've 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 done put the car in park and I've been in your house at your kitchen table, on your lounge chair, on the patio, the recliner in your living. I done been all in your house this morning. Walked through mine several times. I just, I don't want you to miss what God's trying to do in you. Because you're so caught up in how you feel, you miss what he said. You see, Moses was kind of used to hanging out in this circumstance of the anxiety that he carried. Might I remind you of when Moses was first addressed by God, by Yahweh, by I am and he said, Moses, take your sandals off. You're standing on holy ground. As if that shouldn't have been enough for any of us. You're in the middle of the desert, bush catch on fire, and a voice come from and tell you, take your sandals off. Listen, that's God. Right. <laughs> but Moses, Moses hard headed. He must have been country boy. He must have been, because he was hard headed. Boy, ain't listen to nothing. He argued with God. Y'all remember the story? I mean, he's telling God every reason in the world why he shouldn't have to do what God just called him to do. Dude, the bush just spoke to you. You better put your feet back in your sandals and get to hiking, like, real quick. But here stood Moses. Oh, I can't. What if Pharaoh don't let the people go? What if they don't believe that the I am that you say that I am says sent me? What if, what if they don't believe that? Then what are we going to do? Well, wait, wait a minute. I'm not eloquent in speech. I speak red day. Get by here. Get by here right now. They might not understand that. And he said, what you got in your hand? Come on, y'all track with me for a minute. Man, this is so good. He said, what you got in your hand? Throw it on the ground. Now look, <laughs> if the burning bush 
wouldn't have got you moving. I know this would have got you moving because I think Moses got to moving too. I throw a stick down, it turned into a snake, I'm gone. Then we don't even have to discuss nothing else. You can keep that stick and the snake and everything else. I'm out. Gone. Something happened with the stick. Y'all remember this stick, this rod, the one that we're just speaking of now in Numbers. We can't keep up with our car keys this long, and this dude's kept his stick for this whole time. Wonder why. Wonder why. I wonder if he kept that stick like we keep things. Because that stick, like some of the things that we carry, hide the problem. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me help you. <laughs> this was good. Everything, remember, remember the rod. The rod, it, it turned into a serpent. The, the rod. He, he, he struck the Nile with the rod and it turned into blood. He, he struck the dust on the ground it turned into lice. He, he parted the Red Sea with the rod. The water from Rephidim, the first time that they run up in an area and he couldn't drink water, he was able to strike the rock because God told him to strike the rock with the rod. See, so many times in yours and my life, we hide behind, or we, maybe I shouldn't say we hide, we put too much weight in the thing that can camouflage our weakness that now what is used to be the camouflage has now become our purpose, and that's what we rely on. We don't rely on what Peter said to rely on, that we cast our cares unto the Father, the one that cares for us, and that he may exalt us. Here was an opportunity for Moses. Listen, God told Moses, I want you to deliver the people from Egypt and take them to a land that flows with milk and honey. That's what God told Moses to do. Moses had 40 years to get it right. Here's the last test. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. I love it when a test is bigger this time than it was the last time because you know why. There comes, there comes a season that we get exalted. <laughs> oh, just listen. Hang on a minute. Don't go to sleep on me now. I'm almost done. Moses, take the rod. Moses heard that. Got it. I should have brought something in here. Got it. <laughs> Got the rod. I got it. Oh, that's cute. I got the rod. It don't turn into a snake, but it turns into a fan. I got the rod. I've got the rod. Now take that rod, and I want you to speak to the rock. He missed what God said. He heard from his past. Everything has happened in the past, he used the rod. What difference? I think I broke it. 
You'll never know. <laughs> he said, take the rod, speak to the rock, and out of it will flow water. And you can feed the congregation or water the congregation and the animals. Moses takes the rod. Because he's been hiding behind this rod, like many of us. We've been hiding behind something in our life that has made us comfortable in our fallacies. So that I don't expose where I'm weak. So that you don't see what I can't do, you only see what I can do. I use the rod. He said, now Moses, speak to the rock. I mean, look, after he struck it the first time, maybe he should have went, well, God, I know that you told me, wait a minute. Y'all ever been there? You, you, man, you, you, you could have swore you heard God say, and he, he said it exactly the way you're doing it, and then you went like this one time, and then you went, man, but wait a minute. That's what you meant. So you backtrack, and you get back online again, and you keep going, everything cool. Moses didn't do that. Moses said, why ain't this working? Come on, church. Boy, this is a lot better than what you're at. They ain't doing it like it done to you this morning. They didn't hurt my feeling. Because I know right now, that's a good word. So he struck again the second time. And God said, I'm going to give them water. But because you disobeyed me, you can't take them over. See, it wasn't. It wasn't that the rod wasn't his help when he needed it. It was that the rod became more important than trusting in God when he need come on church. Come on, you think that going, you think that just going to church is your salvation. I have news for you. Going to church doesn't get you any closer to God than staying at home. Now I'm one of them people. I'll tell you that in a minute. Now I will also tell you that you go to church out of the love that you have for God so that you can praise and worship God and that you can come into one accord and one mind together and lift up the name of Jesus. But however come, do what you want to do. But you better listen to the word of God. Speak. I wonder why he told him to speak to the right. in the world would Moses have directed an army in battles in the promised land if he wasn't able to speak to him? 
God's trying to break him out. He, God's, trying, God's trying to break you. See, he was so prideful that the people of Israel wouldn't know that he didn't have eloquent speech, that he hid behind the staff. You better stop relying on the rod, and you better start listening to the word. What happens if we do other than what he told us to do? See, there's a price to pay with what you do and do not do with the word of God. He just Moses spent 40 years with these heathens. Then had the dookie scared out of him. Has seen miracles that blew his mind and would have blown ours too. See, we don't think much of it now. Oh, it was the red, Moses cross street. We, we don't think of it. I'm talking about there's a man that didn't know what was happening and he stretched over right and the, trust me, you would be acting differently too. But I'm going to rely on what has given me security over my faults. See, I'm prideful because I don't want you to see that I can't speak. I'd rather show you I'd rather appear to you to be all together. I can't even button my... Shh. See, it does not profit you to talk about your pastor. She's up here talking. See? I appear to be together. But you don't see me at one o'clock. I ain't saying I'm ugly at one o'clock either. I don't know why you laughing. I think you got more problems going with your stuff all over your head looking like a chia pet. And it ain't on me like that. See? Jealousy. <laughs> I look good in green. <laughs> but how many times have we failed to hear God because we act out of what we feel? See, he heard God grab that thing. I want you to go speak. And when he says speak, he already had that conversation with God once. Well, I can't do that. God even sent Aaron with him. But if you pay attention to Scripture, Aaron never talked to Pharaoh. Aaron was nothing more than a little security blanket. He was one of the minions. He got to walk beside Moses for a while. So Moses would have the boldness to stand up and say, let my people go. Moses forgot. He put more trust in the staff than he did in God. You put more trust in coming to church than you do in God. Because if the church doesn't do what you want it to do, you leave. Y'all don't want me to start running chairs, right? Then you better say something. You got, more trust, you got more trust in the pastor than you do in God. You have more trust in the, in the operation than you do in God. You've got more trust in what's there than you do what's in God. Oh, come on. I know you ain't liking me, but I don't care. We either get to the point, man, we shell off who we really are 
to become who he wants us to be. Or we're going to end up on our face and it ain't going to be a good time. It's rough, ain't it? Boy, it's tough. It's tough. It's okay, though. You'll make it. I promise you'll live. God had given him a new direction. And because he hid behind the rod for so long, he couldn't see it. God, give him an opportunity. If you will give up all your cares, if you'll cast all your... I know you can't speak. I heard you the first time. But if you'll trust me, Moses said, I can't. I got too much pride in me. I'd rather people not see me. So I'm going to hide behind this. Instead of hearing the opportunity for promotion, Moses heard from the past. And the past destroyed him. wonder how many of you are going to allow the past to destroy you. Oh, you, you hear what the preacher said. You, you heard it. You heard the sermon. You might even amen it a couple of times, but you did not apply it. And you're in the same circumstance where you had ammunition to fight but you refuse to load your gun, now you stand with no protection. And you're wondering why. God, you brought me all the way here to tell me that I can't cross over. No, I brought you all the way here with the full intentions of you crossing over. You decided not to. How much longer are you going to decide not to? We got to trust him. We have to trust him more than anything else in this world. Do you trust him? Do you trust him enough to put away your pride? And cast all your cares. It was good for me. Goodness gracious. It was so good. See I'm used to hiding behind a pastoral ship. It was so good for me. I wouldn't have cared if it wasn't just me and you. It wouldn't have mattered this morning. This was so good for me. Do you trust me? Well, yeah, I trust you. Then stop. Then stop. I never told you to put your pastorship down, but don't hide behind it. Stop. Trust me. 
See, it was good for me. It wasn't good for you. It, it, it ain't the same. It ain't that, it ain't that big bowl of ice cream. That tin roof Sunday. Or them Oreo balls. I know, I know something y'all don't know, and I ain't telling. Ooh, making me sweat. <laughs> it's kind of ironic, isn't it, that he would have a staff that he trusted in so much that he would lean on the staff instead of lean on God. Do you trust him? Woo. Dear God in heaven. Be careful to pray that. Help me to trust you. Be careful. Because boy, <laughs> here come baby. But you do want to trust him. And listen, you do want to be tried by fire. You do. Trust me, you do. Because see, when, when you're tried by fire, nobody can call you a sellout. No, nobody can sell you cheap. You come out pure. You want to be tried by fire. But get ready because it gets hot. Sometimes like seven times hotter. <laughs> 